have just heard a different intro to the adrianosaurus show we're back for bbl supercoach this year and i have merged i've merged with the wonderful guys from supercoach guns nathan's going to be my co-host welcome to the show nathan thank you very much for having me really excited about this season yeah it should be an absolute ripper um i've always been a bit of a solo podcaster who has guests on and stuff but um, sometimes I get, I get, um, chances to merge o- o- over the time that I've recorded. And I like to consider ones that I chat super coach. Well, with you and I talk NRL, um, super coach, I've had you on the show a number of times. So it just seemed like a no brainer to me. I like your content. Obviously you like my content and, um, I'm, I'm really glad that we're someone to talk to about super coach this year. So let, let's get cracking on BBL. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Now, um, look, what are we going to do? What's our plan for the show? Obviously, it's going to be very similar to what we did last year. I'm going to do a range of sort of team list previews, but those will be separate podcasts. We'll do podcasts whenever we can, obviously, um, lining up on our schedule. Sometimes there'll be guests. Sometimes it might be a solo. You'll get what you get, um, depending on our availabilities. But I will try to you know, at least let people go into an, a, a round with my opinions on who you should trade in, how many you should have so that you're not going in blind each round. Um, we'll just go with the flow and we'll see when we both line up um, schedule wise and try to do as many podcasts together as we can. Yeah. Um, yep, now I've already got one cashy up. We're going to run some leagues. It'll be like the super coach guns and Adriana sort of sure not a gambler, but I am. Um, I've already released $150 cashy where, you know, I reward overall winner and I reward head to head winner of the league and runner up. I've, the first one's already full. Um, so I might release a second one and you can come and pitch your, your skills at BBC, BBL Supercoach against me. Um, and also I'll release the group code um, for the Supercoach Guns and Adrianosaurus uh, podcast. And I'm just going to chip in a hundred bucks to whoever finishes the top spot. Um, so if you have a good year and you uh, finish top spot, you get a hungy just for joining the league and I'll release that code um, on, you know, on the socials. Yeah. That's going to be a great competition to join. Yeah. Well, Plenty of good players. Yeah. Yeah. Should be some, some, some good players. I mean, people who have joined into that $50 comp, um, if you're out there, you are in for a world of hurt because I've got some absolute gun players in that $50 cashy a lot of people who play in my cashies like it just because i kind of think when you're playing leagues against good players you see some of the strategies that they undertake and it kind of makes you a better player i'm i'm a better player because i've played in hard leagues i, I like to play yeah. in hard leagues so you, you guys who join the 50 you're going to be in a hard league um how did you go last year in super coach bbl um overall um any anything successes failures you'd like to mention um, so I came around to 50th last year. Um, I think it really all happened. I had a very slow start. I was down at around 10,000 to start the year. And then I had one round, I think it might be round three, where I finished like 58th for the round. And you just skyrocket. And once you're up in the high spots, it's pretty hard to drop down in Big Bash. So at that point, I was just like, I oh, will just stick with the conventional team and use the pods to get up the ranks once you're up and then once you're up there you can just stick with a normal team 
you know. So who did it for me last year? I think Dan Christian might have maintained my rank. He was a massive part of it at, at one point, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it would have been a lot to do with Dan Christian. Yeah, well, uh, me, I wasn't quite as good. I finished um, the year, where are we, 1,000. Uh, 815. Um, I was in like 3000 um, by round three. Uh, I pretty much, you know, didn't nail it at any stage throughout the year. I kind of just held 3000 all the way to round 11. And then I kind of made one big jump. Uh, I think because I played smart and, and, you know, nailed it towards the end of the year. And then, you know, I got to 1,959 and then wobbled my way to 1,815 to finish the year. Last year, what derailed me, I guess, was because we had those COVID interruptions, planning my weeks to have double game round players. Then they, we got, I think it was the Scorchers that got an extra, those yeah. people who, they were on a single and all those people that hadn't played properly got a double game round for Scorchers. And yeah. I just got overtaken um big time in that round and i could never recover after that um you know so and we had the extra trades and stuff that gave it as well it was just one of those years where i didn't adapt to the things that were happening um even if just by happenstance i'd had more scorches in my team i'd already traded scorches and then we found out yeah. late that they were going to be included into the double game round and it just derailed my season the year before i finished 45th you know i had a great year i was looking to back it up with a good finish but i kind of sucked a little bit last year unfortunately but bounce back year for Ado, i think this year i like the um sure i like the rules that they've um come up with we'll we'll talk about those um this year but that was my downfall last year um look let's cover the nuts and bolts the start date of the BBL, you know what it is? Uh, yeah, 13th of December. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's what I had. So I was like, well, maybe I'll yeah. say something wrong. What are the rule changes this year in the BBL? I saw a few of them. So I believe you get three extra trades and they come in the form of trade boosts. So you get three trade boosts each round. For people who have played NRL and AFL, you'll know how they, they work already. But just in case you haven't, it's sort of like a, you get to tag on an extra trade at the end of a round and you get to do it three times each season. Uh, so you'll have four trades instead of three. And um, that would help particularly if there was like late outs or you feel like you haven't, you're a bit behind catching up, you know, it does, uh, it evens the playing field a little bit in the overall rank, which I like. Yeah, and you can fix your mistakes. Sometimes we all have been known to do that where you could have muffed up and you, or you might be in a head-to-head -head that you really want to win and, you know, you might you know, bring in another yeah. double game round player or something like that. Um, as far as the BBL itself goes, is there any changes this year to the rules? I saw that they're scrapping the super sub um, yeah. thing and what else have they they've got? Oh, they've got rid of, yeah, they've got rid of the X Factor. They brought in DRS, yeah, and there was something else. It, the power surge is still there. It might be. Oh, I've I've completely forgotten. Um, I know they have brought in concussion subs, 
Yeah, they could all be um, stuff that I think plays a part in it. Um, the D, I think the DRS is good. I mean, I, I'm a whinger and I'll get on there and be like, what a hell, I stoyed out for, you know, it was way down leg side or and hit him on the hip. Um, so, I mean, hopefully that sort of fixes up some of the howlers. Um, I really hated the X Factor. It kind of puts you in yeah. two minds, whether you were sitting oh. there like, oh, please don't bring in blah, blah, or I'm screwed. Um, so I think that they've, that was stupid rules. I, and I'm, I think yeah. the changes that they've made are much, much better. Yeah, definitely. Like it, super coaches can actually breathe easier now because there's no, um, there's no X Factor. You don't have... Like Xavier Bartlett getting subbed out after one over. We yeah. paid 200000 for him. You know. Exactly. Um, look, there was a draft this year for the BBL. Um, what What's your thoughts on that? Um, I saw you sort of commenting on which teams sort of picked up. Did any teams, who, who do you think won the draft as far as, you know, purchases? Well, I, I think I lean towards uh, Sydney Thunder winning the draft. I mean... Their lineup of Willie Hales and Riley Rousseau is really good, and that will um, that really complements their side perfectly. So I think they won the draft. In saying that, I think it was pretty. It was a surprising draft because people went for availability over quality. Mm. So like yeah, Faf Duplessis, your Andre Russell, your Dwayne Bravos, Kieran Pollard, none of them got picked up. Yeah, because they but, were just going short, short stays. Um, I yeah. Heard- I looked over it lightly and I didn't mind some of the pickups for the Brisbane heat. Um, they got old mate, um, English, uh, keeper. Billings. Billings. Yeah. I like Billings. I think he's a good, um, solid performer, you know, top tier performer. Um, they've brought back, uh, old mate, uh, the spinner. Uh, what's his name? Renshaw. He's back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the look of them, uh, the purchases that they've gone, um, you know. So, I, th- I think it went all right. Obviously, it's a big, uh, you know, muff, the old Livingston being called up to the English squad when um, oh, he was the number one draft pick. Yeah, uh, but they are looking at Joss Butler to replace him for a, for a four-game stint. So, it's not like they, they might not lose out in the end, really. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'd love to get on, but I'll, I'll be all over Joss if he comes yeah, in. I think, I, think every, I think everyone would have to be at that point. Um, all right, so there, there's some basic stuff there. Um, the BBL Supercoach details, we know that there's going to be boosts. Um, for me, playing NRL, I went the strategy this year of just absolutely burning the hell out of the boosts. No, I didn't yeah. give a rats. I was just like, burn them, get your team set up. Because the quicker you can get a gun team set up, you know, I was like, I'll just run home with him. Um, yep. When it comes to BBL, I think, you know, most weeks you can probably, it's all going to be about you getting your double game round, I guess. And if there's yeah. a round where there's only one team on the double, maybe you want to strategically just get that extra one. If once you get a gauge for how many people are bringing in, or if you're like, I'm in these cashies, I'm in $100 cashies, $200 cashies. Having a boost up your sleeve in finals could be an absolute ripper. So um, there's the boost. Um, the competition is a short one. Um, it gonna, it's going to run, what, 11 weeks? Um, yeah, there's 13 rounds, but there's no finals in the actual big batch for Supercoach, I mean. Um, but, yeah, it goes. it's a bit more compressed than it was last year. I think it's meant to be finished before February this time. 
Yep. So that should be good. Um, so in the finals, like if you're in um, leagues, that will they start in round 11 and, and you'll go like that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. the regular season, it will be up to round 10. And then I think they'll start finals. I set up the leagues. I'm sure that's what it said about um, finals. Um, you can customize your leagues too, which is a, a really good thing I think they've got this year. So if you're playing in leagues and you've got 12, 19 other friends, you just want to do your work league or whatever, you can do a 20-man league, which is pretty good. The The yeah. basic is, uh, the, the default is 10-man league. Um, I've... I've made a team of superstars in a league. I want to win top league of the year. There's no no denying it. I've got some absolute guns from this podcasting world. The guys from the Super Coach Experience, a couple of playbook guys. Um, you know, I've got uh, you know, I've got I've got some absolute big heavy hitters. So if Adrian is Super Coach by Adrianosaurus uh, is not the top um league of the year i'll 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 do away with it we're gonna win the league um but you can have um 10 man 11 man 12 man you can customize them however you like which i think is really good um you can update trades as well um i played that in head-to-heads where i would absolutely mess with people's heads by looking like i'm going to trade in stoyness and then before his game change starts, I change him to the next game, a player from the next team, like maybe Hales. And then I'll, when it's the, before that game, I'll change it from Hales to someone else and keep them constantly guessing. Um, also, if you get a late out, you can update your trade as well. Um, yeah. You know, if you've got a VC loop on someone on the bench, you can edit your trade and bring in enough. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that that's a really handy tool to use. Um you know, if you've used it already, you'll know how to do it. Um, and we'll probably cover, you know, a, a few more instructions on how you can update your trades and what, what it's good for um, as we sort of get closer to the BBL. Um, position updates. They're going to update the position. So I think Matt Shaw was probably a bit stiffed, only yeah. being bat, um, bat only this year. Um, I've just noticed something. He's been putting this bat bowl now. Oh, has he? They've updated that. They must ah, have updated that. Well, oh, see, I thought, I thought that was highway robbery that he was not even he's definitely going to bowl and over at least. Oh, I love to sure. open the bowling with him. So I, yeah. I thought that was, I thought he was stiffed, but it doesn't so change the fact. Yeah, it doesn't change the fact that they're going to update him. They're going to do it um, every couple of rounds, I think. They're going to update the um, position. So in that event, let's just say Matt Shorts was bad only. I think they said after round four or something, they're going to update it. And if he'd bowled an over, I think that's enough. You yeah. get him bat bowl. But he's in as a bat bowl. That's handy, isn't it? Because I've, yeah, you know, I think he's going to bowl in that team, at least an over I've, or two. I've got him as probably the sixth bowler, like the second, or not second spinner because they got boys, but he'll play a big role for them with the new ball. Yep. Um, so that's that's handy. It was good in um, NRL. There was a, a period where I was get, looking a little bit skinny between what I could change between second row forward dual and front row forward dual. I got a yeah. dual added to a front row so I could interchange, which is quite handy. We know in BBL Super Coach, um, all rounders is handy. And if somebody is actually doing that, you know, being an all rounder, it'd be handy to um, update them, you know, to what they are actually doing. So it'll be handy yeah. as well. They've already, I mean, that, that, I like that. I like that they've realized that that's a bit of a blunder and they've given Matt Short back his, um, his bowl, which is good. Yeah. All right. Um, look, five 
strategies to be successful at BBL Supercoach. That's the next thing I want to cover. This is obviously an, an initial podcast where we're just sort of saying, welcome, we're going to be doing a dual podcast, um, a couple of the basic stuff, which I, I, I'm not really across because I'm still watching a, a rugby league world cup and the cricket <laughs> world cups on. So I haven't really done a, a whole bunch of study, but strategies for you to be successful at BBL Supercoach, I think these are things you can always talk about because we've played previous seasons. Um, I've got my five. Have you got your five? I've got my five, yes. All right. Well, we'll do one at a time. If we get double ups, we can, um, we can, oh, it's my dog's barking in the background. Um, my number one strategy is to stack the double game rounds. Um you know, I think I just don't care about being conservative. If you get two bites at the cherry, um, you're going to be successful. That's why all rounders are good because every game they get um, a double game round because they bowl and they bat. Um, and the same applies with double game round players. Obviously, if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, you've probably found your limit of that you don't need that many double game rounds. Um, but I'm just stacking it. Like in the first round, I've got um, double game round players was taking up my whole lineup and I've got one each on the bench. Some of these flighty ones like Lynn and I'll get a look at him first. And if he absolutely brains it, I'll bring him in and I'll take out another double game round player. I don't care. Cause give me second bite at the cherry. So for me, it's such a short comp. You've got boost this year. I, I think you just go and every week that you, you would get your maximum number of double game rounds, give yourself every chance look you know maxwell can fail two two scores in a row those are things that are unavoidable but if you can get um a double game two two bites at the cherry even if they fail in one game gives you a better chance of succeeding you agree yeah agree yeah all right you go for one okay so i'm mine is uh make sure you own a lot of pods at least have like three or four in your starting 11 because if you go really left field to start the season then odds are you're getting a head start on other people because the super coach big bash never actually pans out the way that we all predict it. Something always happens. Like Tim David came from the clouds and made 60,000 two weeks a couple of years ago. Matthew Shaw was 62,500 last year. And he, I think he scored the most points in the entire big bash super coach. So it never goes to plan. So just go, go with a pod and, chances are that your pod is the next hot thing in Supercoach, you know? So, yep. I, yeah, and that's always worked for me in the past. Yeah, I agree. I, I probably think um, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence on, on those. I'm like, don't be too different. That it means if you fail, you, you, you slip away from the pack. But I think I totally agree that you've got to have some pods. I hate cookie cutter teams. I hate, I've been, people have been sending me teams for their round one and it looks exactly the same. I've had, I've had people send me their teams and they're both of their teams are identical to strangers. <laughs> so I think you're never going to get ahead. If you've just got the cookie cutter team, you've got to find yourself a pot or two, at least I'd like to have three pods. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to cover our teams as they stand. Now I've got a couple yeah. of pods in there. Um, number two, you've got to be able to use your bench loop. Um, AFL super coach players know how to use their bench loop. They've got, you've got someone on your bench. You've got a reserve on them. They play the early game. If they absolutely brain it and turn up, you bring in a non-playing reserve off your bench onto your starting lineup. And because you've got the reserve on them, you'll get their points. 
I reckon you are absolutely going up against, you're going up against people with extra tools. If you don't know how to use the bench loop, you've got to have um, bench loops. I've seen people, um, you know, they, they talk about depth in your team. Um, I've seen their teams, they've sent them through and they've got all starters that all are all going to play. If they've got a reserve on someone on the bench, they've got no way of looping unless they use the update trade or they use a boost to trade out an actual player into a non-playing reserve. They're not being, they're not giving themselves an opportunity to use the loop. I think last year I looped maybe 20 players at least, I reckon off the bench when I wasn't quite sure about him, you know, Lynn could get two ducks. So I have a, yeah. I have a, I have him on the bench with a reserve on him, and if he absolutely does Lynn sanity, I'll bring him on, and I'll, you know, so I'm just covering myself against one failing, you know, failing because it's got, I've got someone there, I'm not 100 percent sure on, and I'm also giving myself two bites at the cherry because if if Lynn fails, I'll get Tim David as as the person yeah. I'm going to play with. So I think you've got to learn how to use your bench loop. Yeah, definitely, I've agreed there. Uh, my other one would be is like. Form is king. If you can under, if you can keep track of the form of every player in your team leading up to round one, that's critical. If you know that some of your players are in good form, then you might want to consider replacing them depending on you know how good they are. So like if you're probably not going to replace Glenn Maxwell on your team even if he does have a bad World Cup, right? Because you just know that it's a it's very much a step down from the big from the World Cup, the big bash. So he might actually pick up form. But in saying that, with opening batsmen, top order batsmen, form is very important because otherwise they're getting out for like two and you're, you're scoring two points from them. So form, I find, is very important in this game. Yeah, I mean, I was so bolted on to Joe Clark last year. I was all I was sick for Joe Clark. And I a lot of people were saying to me, look at his first go, come you know, coming over, and you know, so you've got to take a little bit away from the form. He'll he'll find form. He's a talented player, but it's his first go in the big bash, it's his first go on, you know, on Australian soil. It'll take him a little while to go. And he started like an absolute bastard. I traded him out. No, maybe I just persevered and held him. I don't know. But eventually he came good and he became one of the stars yeah. of the Big Bash as the form started to, you know, so you've got to, you've got to keep an eye on form because there's times to bring in players. There's times to run with them. Like in the first um, round, the stars are on a double. So you're absolutely mad if you don't start with Maxwell or you're, you're ballsy as. So yeah, you've got yeah. to keep an eye on form. Um, I've got, um, team build. The team build is important. I think, um, in big bash, it's all about the top three batsmen. It's all about, you know, death and opening sort of bowlers or, um, wicket takers and all rounders is, is King, isn't it? Um, yeah. you know, the best is when you can get somebody like Matt short, opening the batter as an attacking batter who would bowl a couple of overs was perfect. Mitch Marsh, you know, be coming in and bludgeoning the ball and bowling overs is terrific. I love those kind of players. Um, and you know, I don't think there's a lot to be gained from just going someone who bats at four and bowls and over. I think if they bowl a couple of overs and bat six, you, you know, that's a combination of two skills where it could be doable. Someone like Sam's bats at six, doesn't he? In bowls four. I think that that's yeah. a combo in your team that is going to give you an opportunity to score points. Team build. Top three batsmen, 
opening and death bowlers or a wicket taker and and keep yourself with all rounders. Stay away from four, five, six. You know, stay away. If you, I mean, it's not a bowler if they're only bowling three overs. You, you need a gun four over bowler bowling in the right times. Um, you know, um, who's that Tasmanian or that just, or no, is he, yeah, he's a Tasmanian that just got Ellis. He's a wicket taker. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a wicket taker. So, you know, and he bowls at the death. He's an option that I would say is a good, just yeah. skill only player because he's a wicket taker. Um, you know, some of the others, like Richo, he's not a batter, but he's an absolute yeah. gun wicket taking bowler. So, you know, I think you've got to get your team build right. You know, some people love the old, I want to make my whole team all rounders and give myself two bites of the cherry every game. You've got to think of, are they a good quality all rounder? Some of them are loosely getting the title of all-rounder. Like, I don't know about yeah. Renshaw this year. Um, where's he going to bat in that lineup? Is he going to – he's not going to bowl. Oh, you wouldn't think in this – you know, maybe. Yeah, like, it, it depends on the lineup, right? Like, if you've got Basley coming out seven, then you've probably got a stacked top order and Renshaw's your sick bowler. And with the way – how many paces they have up there, he might be a second spinner. He could do a match short. I'm just – I wouldn't rule it out. Because he was Matt Short before Matt Short was a thing. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. So that's mine. Um, team build. Yep. Um, so I've got similar to that, assess role. So assess the role of each of your players, I guess. It's, it's very similar to yours, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, an all-rounder who bowls four overs and bats anywhere in the top six or even top seven, it's a cheat mm. code in this game. Yep. Because if you get someone who's almost essentially guaranteed 24 balls involved in the game as well as probably 15 20 balls with the bat like that's maximizing your opportunity to score as many points as possible yep and that is where your daniel sands your matthew shaw glenn maxwell and even to the back part of last year daniel christian they were all so elite in that position yeah, I don't know how many times I had Maxi and he uh, on a double game and I had the captain on him or something and he he failed t- both times in the bat but got a couple of wickets and a catch and yeah. so the score kind of just built its way up. We call them accumulators and they can accumulate those people that can bat bowl field, even your keepers a keeper bat is a is a dual yeah. thing that they're going to get some points from. So um yeah, playing your playing your rosters based on their roles. Um plan weeks ahead. My first point was double game round, stack it. So don't, you know, if people are going in with five stars in round one, well, stars are on the buy in round two. So, you know, maybe you go heavier on the other two teams from buy from the double game round in, in round one because they're not going to go straight into the buy. Um, that's my sort of thinking is, and we're, we're going to assess the first five rounds who you should probably stack your team with. You know, I, I look weeks and weeks ahead. The boost will be handy for that, but, the first round, I, you go gung-ho because there's three teams on the double game round. Some rounds, they've got one team on the double game round. Sometimes they've got two teams on the double game round. We go through periods where there's no teams on the double game round, so you can start building up. Look ahead in the future. Um, you know, we're going to look at the first five weeks. I don't see any point at looking at the second tip because, you know, you, you could totally flip your team from like round one to round four. So, Look a little bit ahead. Don't overdo it and confuse yourself, but you've got to have a look at the next couple of rounds because what's the point of selling scorches when they've got to buy, they've got a double game round the week after or the week after that. You might just hold one or two so that you can go in with larger double game round numbers. Sometimes last year I did that. I was like, well, I'll sell player B instead of player A because player 
um, A is going to have a, a double game round in another two weeks. So I'll just sell the other person instead. Mm. Yeah, and just on that, like you notice the Sydney Thunder, they have two doubles in the first two weeks, right? And so if you're choosing between, uh, let's go with Matthew Wade, and then for $30,000, let's Matthew Jilks. Like Matthew Jilks is playing four games to Matthew Wade's two. So like you take it, even if it, even if he averages 10 points less over the course of the season, it's like 120, say he averages 30, it's 120 points across those four games in comparison to Matthew Wade's 80. Like you get, you've got to prioritise these double game rounds and take advantage of them if you're planning ahead. Yeah, that's it. So sometimes it'll be just about business. You know, you just play yeah. in that business. Um, you? Uh, yes. Um Death bowls are always better options than pure spin bowlers, mm-hmm. unless their name's Rashid Khan. <laughs> because more often than not, a, a good spell for a spinner is like one for 20 from four overs, you know, really economical, takes a wicket, keeps the pressure on, right? That's only worth around 50 points in Supercoach. Whereas like a death bowler, say Sean Abbott, he's a specialty of this, he might go for 40 runs at the death, in his four overs, but you get three wickets and that's worth around 75 to 80 points. So there's actually more, despite it might be a poorer performance, there's still more points in death bowls than there are in spin bowls, unless, of course, their name's Rashid Khan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. They can get absolutely tonked, but if they take three wickets, you know, it's gravy time. Um, yeah. You know, and look, some of the, I mean, Richo is an opening bowler. He's the one that jags a wicket or two early. He might get a late sort of over as well. Someone like Berendorf, he's exclusively an opening bowler that gets a bit of an economy and a couple of wickets. But yeah. death bowlers, man, if you go the death bowlers, they're going the tonk. There's a chance there that they're going to get, um, you know, get the yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> My last one, because I've already, yeah, I've done four, um, is to manage your risks. Um, I think you can have, uh, when I look at players that are options for the rounds, I put in all rounder. I put in um, a queue for a quality player who's just, you know, elite quality. And I put in X factor players. You can go those X factor players, but you know, when you're talking names like Hales, Maxi, you know, um, I don't know, Lynn, they're, they're all going to have an element of risk to them. That's why they're an X factor player. They can, you know, Maxi can be on 150 points in just a batting innings. Yes. But his hit rate was quite average last year. Um, and that's one of those things that you face when you're going to go a Maxi. So Maxi might be a double game round player, but he may not be an all season long player for you because the hit rate is um, not as successful. Lynn, yeah. He's gone to the Adelaide Strikers. He could have a he could be, you know, reinvigorated, but he could Lynn last year. If you had and played Lynn, it was absolutely detrimental to your year last year. So for me, it's about a nice balance. I want a balance of sort of death bowlers. I want some top order batsmen. I want some quality all-rounders. I want at least a couple of overs and batting six, seven, I'll live with, but you know, I want to manage my team so that it's got good balance. Because you've got to have X-Factor players. I'm absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm going into round one with um, Maxi. I'm going in with Hales. I'm going in with Lynn. I'm absolutely going in with him, but I'm going to have Lynn on my bench to max, to give myself the max chance at that X-Factor stuff. But I'm going to manage my risks by having Lynn starting on the bench. And if he goes out for a golden duck and scores 
under 10 points in that first game. I'm not going to roll him out, you know, so I'm going to manage my risk. I think um, when you play risky, I just think the percentages of it coming off when you play uber risky, you got to play um, a balanced game. I think, you know, with a bit of risk and, and, but also you've got to have something to lean on um, so that you don't have an absolute barry of a round. Yeah, definitely. Because like, if you take too many risks and they don't come off, that's your season dust in terms of overall. Yeah, I mean, if you're going into round one and you've only got yeah, you you're only going in with seven, eight, nine. There's three teams on the on the double game round. Your whole team should be double game round players. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. Yeah, um, and then my final one is you've got how many days? Like fifty days until the big bash, right? Until round one, and then probably another four days until round two. So you got fifty five days. Come up with a plan get Mitchell Marsh into your team because he's $250,000 and he's playing a double game ground in round two. If you don't have a plan to get Mitchell Marsh in, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because prices change from round one. So you've got to give yourself a bit of a buffer as well. So like my plan has always been, I'm taking Matthew Short out. Does he have a double? No, I don't think he does. I'm taking Matthew Short out after round one and I'm bringing in Mitchell Marsh and then I'm going to try and find another 20000 somewhere to work with that. Because I've got 30000 spare right now. I've just got to find 20000 from someone, which is easy to do when you're trading. But you've got to have a plan to get Mitch Marsh in, because otherwise you're going to be scrambling. And it's only one day for trades. You don't have a lot of time. So you've really got to plan ahead. Yep, absolutely. And if you don't, you do the old, um, you know, I'll have to sell a gun player to a gun player and a midi and get in a Mitch Marsh and a Nuff or a 40K or a 60K. So keeping the quality of your team, you know, you've got to have a plan to be able to do it with the least moves that you need to do so that you're not having to go and steal cash off some of your other good players. You know, so yeah, definitely agree with those. Um. There's going to be a clash. I've seen people sending me through teams with Cam Green in it, and I say to them, what the hell are you doing? He's going to be playing in the tests. There's some games that are going to affect the BBL this year to start the tournament. Um, To me, it looks like from what I've seen by the great guys at Honeyball BBL, give them a follow on all the socials. Um, It looks like New Zealand, Pakistan, uh, Australia are are the ones that are going to be affected. So who are we talking players-wise? It's definitely going to be Cam Green, yeah, there's no David mm-hmm. Water. No. Um, you know, what else? Yeah. So you're looking at the Aussie test team. So Cam Green, uh, Kawaja, Carey, Lava Shane, uh, Travis Head, David Warner. Probably Scott Bolden will be in the squad. Nathan Lyon definitely will be. And then you've got, yeah, maybe. So like Mitch Swepson, Mitch Marsh and Michael Nisa. They'll be a bit, they might be, be close to the squad, possibly in it. Um, the thing on Cameron Green is that he's a great, he's dual position and he's cheap and he's not mm. playing. Like he's a guaranteed enough. He's your perfect bench loop option early on. So like if you, if you, with your strategy of putting Lynn on your bench for double, you just put Cameron Green into your side and you can bench one of your, start, one of your starters. Like I know for me, I'd probably bench Shadab Khan for Riley Rousseau, who I have in the same role as you with Lynn. You know, like Cameron Green does have that and flexibility of the bat bowl and not playing for half the tournament. So he's a guaranteed loop 
And when he comes back, it saves you a trade because he's gonna he's not gonna be worth sixty two thousand for very long. Yeah, I guess because he's sixty two thousand. If he was any higher than that, I'd be like, well, just use the money on a actual person and have yeah. enough there. You might because he's for three quarters of the tournament, he's enough. You know, you might yeah. as well have forty two k enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, and look, uh, you've got Pakistan versus New Zealand. That's oh, uh, yes. round three. So if your plans, obviously, with the stars and someone like Trent Bolt, you know, you're probably fine because the double for them is in round one. Mm. Come in for round three. So you might want to think about your New Zealand yes. uh, ones as um, well. The interesting thing with Trent Bolt is that he's sort of, it's a weird situation, but he doesn't have to play for New Zealand. So he's taken a preference of T20 cricket over oh, New Zealand. Yeah. So when there's no T20 cricket on, he still plays for New Zealand. But he'll prioritise the big bash over playing for New Zealand oh, right what now. Because he's, oh, that's, that's, he's on a good wicket there, yeah. isn't he? Just take the cash from the old T20 and go and play for your country in the old <laughs> test when you feel like it. Oh, well, that's good. Exactly. Um, Pakistan. Um, yeah. We do have some Pakistanis coming over, um, but is what are we going to get um, there? It's, is it gonna... it's not a major impact. It's just Fahim Ashraf from the oh. Hurricanes. So Shadab Khan and Asif Ali, both Pakistanis playing for Hobart, they, they haven't been in the test setup. Well, Asif Ali's never played test matches, and Shadab Khan hasn't been in the test lineup for around two and a half years. So unless that drastically changes, it should just be Fahim Ashraf, which it weakens Hobart's bowling lineup a little bit, but that just means there's some cheapies on offer early on. So he'll miss the first three rounds, um, and then he'll come back in round four, Fahim. Uh, yep. Well, so I think that the main thing there is probably just have a look at, I mean, in the first round, don't stack yourself. I mean, Nice is probably a pretty fair option, I think, for round one. But if he's obviously around that test lineup, that's not going to be any good for you. So obviously we're so far out now, but we'll get a good idea in the lead up who's in the squad. And also there's not as much COVID around this year. So they'll probably be released, won't they, for for Big Bash? I would presume so. I would presume so. I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. Yeah, it'll be an interesting watch anyway. I think this year there could be a chance that maybe they keep like a couple of them there as a you know, concussion ones and then the rest of them yeah. can go back and play a big bash game. But anyway, it would be interesting to see. Um, all right, well, we wanted to focus. Oh, yeah, go for it. There's a few more. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so you've got also Liam Livingston we touched on before. He's off in the test squad for England. Oh, the number one draft all, pick. Number one draft pick, yeah. There's all, <laughs> and there's also a couple of injuries to keep track of too. So Tenvi Sangers had a lower stress fracture in his back and he's missing ah. the first half of a big batch. Yeah. So, you know, watch that space. Boosts Willie and um, Sam's stocks for double. They're pretty much locks now that they don't have uh, as much competition for overs. Um, yeah. And just a couple of days ago, Joel Paris got injured again. Oh. Um there was a bit of value there because he was only he was less than a hundred thousand and he averaged fifty last year. So there was something there. And I had him on my bench up until this morning. Uh so anyway, I'll get on to what that means for Supercoach later. But yeah. Um, yeah, well I mean, poor, old, poor old Joel Paris, mate. He bloody can fight an injury, can he? I oh, can. <laughs> All right, so let's talk the first five rounds, um, what the strategy might be um, in those rounds. Let's kick it off with the round one. 
Um, it's obviously going to be three teams. The, hit, the start with a bang, three teams on the double game round. We've got one team on the bye who is, you know, it's a bit of fiddling because it's a, a good team in the Scorchers and you're going to want to get them in for the, the next round. So, um, look, you've got Thunder, you've got the Strikers, and you've got the Heat on the first um, double game round. Um, yeah, the Stars. Last, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, the um, Strikers. Stars, Thunder, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, Strikers, um, Thunder, and Stars. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I said stack your double game rounds because, you know, there's no point going in um, shy. You've got plenty of trades. You've got boost. You've got a short competition. Just load yourself up. So I've gone and um, named a number of players that interest me from those three teams that are going to be featuring in the double game round. You can tell me whether you agree um, or any others that I might have missed. Look, number one for me um, in the first round is probably um, Rashid. Um, I think yeah. that he's a great captain option for the round. Um, he's a, well, I mean, he's X-factor quality. He's, you know, everything. He can, well, everyone's always been talking about his batting, but I've never seen him do anything with it. But he's an absolute out-and-out gun. He will take wickets. He'll do it probably at a cheap clip as well. And I think because um, you can VC in the earlier game, he's a, pro- a perfect captain option for the round. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and, like, he could take a bunch of wickets. All he has to be doing is defending a total, and he's probably on for a three-far. You could probably lock him in for a three-far at yeah. the tops. So it's like, uh, he's awesome. a safe captain, perfect captain, really, for this round. You could argue Matthew Short, but I think you just stick with the quality of Rashid. Yep. Uh, look, I last year there was a bit of chat about uh, Rashid's, you know, they're working him out and he may not be as good. He was a bloody gun last year as well. Um, look, yeah. number two for me is Sam's. He's a genuine all-rounder. Um, that news that you just gave on um, Tanvir is big news, I think. He should be doing both batting and bowling. Where's he going to bat? Is he going to bat six in that team? I think he bats anywhere from five to six. Like, it just depends on... It really it depends on one who they want with the keeping for them. So last year they played Baxter Holt a heap and used Jilks as a pure batter. They do it for New South Wales in one day and domestic and uh, Sheffield Shield. So that could very well be how it pans out. Um, it also depends on how highly they rate David Wilney and Ben Cutting's batting. So they, Daniel Sam's batted ahead of. Then cutting in the vast majority of games. Um, but I think the lowest Sam's will bat is six and the highest he could bat is five. I think he's batting somewhere in there. Mm. Either way, who, whichever one bats a five or six, they, it's still golden. Like, Willie yeah. will bat in one of those spots, probably. Yeah. I mean, look, he bowls his four overs. He bowls, yeah. um, you know, and bats. So you, you get him in. Uh, number yeah. three for me is Maxi. He is an X Factor. Um, look, I've had a couple of teams say, you know, Max, he's, he's the no-show. He's not the big show. He's not in good form either. But, I mean, you're damned if you – you're damned if you do with everybody else and you, yeah. you're going to be damned if you don't, and he goes off. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just – it's not a player that I – he's not a player that I like to own in Supercoach, but it's a player I'm fearful of not owning. And I think that's a, it can be the case with a few of these people. You just own Maxwell. It's better off in the end, even if he bombs, at least he's bombing 
with everyone else. Like, yeah. at least he's not going big and you don't own him. It could be worse than him scoring 10 in a double round. It could be scoring 150 and you don't own any part of him. Yeah, and someone's got a, a VC on him and they loop in, you get 300. And those That's difference-making. So he's not one to fade, not in my opinion. Number four on the list for me, look, he's a bat only um, in, in uh, Hales. I thought Hales, he was sensational in the last BBL. He's an X factor. So yeah, my top four players are picked. I've got an all-rounder, I've got a quality player, and I've got two X factor players. He's much like... Um, like uh, Maxi, except I think he's, I mean, I saw him against Australia in a T20 recently. He looks terrific. Yeah. Uh, he's so acclimatized to Australian conditions. I don't think, I think he just comes in and absolutely brains it. I, I'm not going to go into that round without him. He's in my list. Ooh, yeah. A lot of that for me, he's on, he's on my watch list. I've currently fading him because he's usually, he has been a slow starter in the past, but, He's got this World Cup, which he didn't have before, right? Mm. So he could acclimatise during the World Cup. And then if he shows some form in that back half of the World Cup, I might have to restructure my team to get him in. Yeah. It, it might be that important. And so I'll just have to suck it up. Yeah, and look, it's about, like we said, uh, in the, the the key strategies, you've got to manage your risk. So you can't have too many X factors or you'll absolutely ruin yourself. I'm happy yep. to go in with Hales, I think, Um just because he, you know, he is like he's one of those eighty-nine off thirty balls guys, and that's yeah, just yeah. absolutely. He just goes goal. at a ridiculous strike rate when he's on. Yeah, and he just hits a crispy ball. Um, number five for me, I've gone with Willie. Um, yeah, love him. Yeah, he's like an import. Um, I've I'm like one of those ones where he's just he's got he's he's got a bit of swag to me, <laughs> Willie, and I'm going to go with Willie. He's a genuine all rounder. I think him and Sam's, it could be different in the batting order. I think they're both going to bowl their full allotment of overs. Um, and Willie's been doing a bit of batting in his team. He does a bit of batting in, in the park. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, he's going to get bats. He's going to get bowls. I think he's one of, and he's, the price is pretty good, I think, for this yeah. year. Like 150000 for a guy who could bat in the top six and bowl four overs. You take that every day of the week, particularly yeah. when he's got two doubles in the first two weeks. Like, that's essentially the equivalent of having eight opportunities, yeah. eight players in one player, essentially, over the course of two rounds. Yeah, and he's a big overseas import. So, you know, cutting's not going to get the overs or bat higher. I think it's going to be Willie, no. probably, because they've yeah. spent money bringing him in. Um, if, you, if you're worried about Ben Cutting, don't be. He's just the fill-in bit part guy. He'll bat seven. He'll bowl one or two overs at most. He's just the late hitter if Sands and Willie fail to fire. Yeah, uh, it's just a feeling. Um, I've gone with number six being the Stoin. Um, wretched series um in the BBL last year for the Stoin. He's cheap as chips. Um, but look, he's I saw him bowl terribly in the uh T20s in the uh warm-up games there with uh England, but he's he's an opening bat. He loves the big bash, he's due for a bounce back year, isn't he? Yeah, well. The other thing to notice is that he hasn't actually bowled in the Big Bash the last couple of years through injury. And he's probably one fully fit season away from reaching his heights of, of 2018, 2019, when he averaged 97. And he has, I think he has the record for the highest score in the round of, in a round of all time. It was a double game round, but he took seven, he 
Is that right? Yeah, he took seven wickets and 96 runs in two games and scored 376 points. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look at the price. That's you might as well give him a go in your team. Um, no, no reason not to. Um, look, I've gone with um, Trent Bolt. I am yeah. starting with Trent Bolt in my team because he's an absolute gun bowler. He's a wicket taker. He's, um, I think in T20s, he's an, he's like a, he reminds me of Richardson for the big batch. Yeah. You know, I think as a T20 bowler, I could see him taking in those two games in round one, six wickets, you know, bowled yeah. plenty of times in the Southern hemisphere. He's been in Australia bowling plenty of times before, I reckon he's one of those luxury people at 180K. You talk about Matt Shaw into the Bison, you know, uh, for round two, Trent Bolt's a perfect candidate for that too. So I just think, um, you know, we talk about, you know, opening or death bowlers and we talk about top three batters or an all-rounder. He's a genuine bowl. He's a wicket-taking bowl. And I think he could be someone that people sleep on for round one. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think you're right. I think the big name factor might mean that he's picked in a lot of teams. But if you have a, this is a bit controversial. If you have a closer look at his recent record, it's not actually that flattering for Supercoach. Like he's taking one for 30, two for 40, quite a lot. He hasn't taken a three for in a while in T20s, I don't think. Mm. Um, so big bash as is such a, a, it's a level big, down. It is a level down, and that is the risk I'm running. Yeah. Currently, currently he's on in my team. Um, look, I'm putting Matt Short in there. I've probably got him too low. He was absolutely – he's such an attacking he's, – he's in the ilk of um, Hales, you know, and stuff with the way he starts his innings. He – I mean, probably to his detriment at times towards the end of the season last year where he was just going after it when it wasn't that type of game. But he's going to mm. open the batting again. He's an absolute weapon when he's on. I think he's probably going to bowl a couple of overs. So Matt yeah. Short, um, you know, I see a lot of people saying, oh, he's bad only. They're probably just believing that now he's got Jewel, but they were looking going, oh, he's bad only. That means he's not going to bowl. I don't even yeah. think you, you sleep on him, even if he didn't bowl, because he's an absolute X factor opening batsman. For yeah, a no, team I, round. Agreed. And unless by some fluke that that season was a one-off, there's no reason not to pick him. And he hasn't proved that it isn't a one-off yet. The role is just superb. He himself is obviously highly regarded by Adelaide because he was in the room with the big bash draft with all the captains and that. So I imagine that, you know, he's going to play a very important role for the strikers this season. Um, maybe he shifts to becoming an anchor to, to accommodate Chris Lynn, but in saying that, regardless, he'll still perform at a very high standard. Agreed. Um, I've gone to Grand home. He's yeah. an all-rounder. Um, look, I don't know if he's going to be batting. You know, he's he's going to bat probably seven, maybe eight, isn't he? Is he? Um, I would have put him as a batting all-rounder. I'd have him at five or six bowling, oh. maybe maybe less two over. to four overs. Like, yeah. not guaranteed for probably more. I think Dan Christian. Dan Christian's probably his best. Oh, right. Well, that's good enough for me in a double game round. His price is yeah. not too bad as well. Yeah. Lynn, is it going to be Lynn Sanity or is it going to be Lynn Shit? What's it going to be this year? He's in a new team. I'll take the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's going to be uh, shit? No, I, I can't see him doing well. I think his best days are just behind him. Um, I would rather 
go with someone who's actually had a stellar 2022 season, 2022 uh, across the world in T20 cricket in Riley Rousseau. He's 105,000, plays a double. Um, he was the leading run scorer in the T20 Blast. He's scored a couple of tons of South Africa and T20 internationals this year. Um, he's going to a World Cup in Australia, so he's already acclimatising to the conditions. Um, he's my bench loop. He's, yeah. he's someone I'm really high on because he's such a class batsman. He had a rough time last time he was out here for the big bash. Yeah. All the international batsmen, their first outing is not their best outing. Unless Where's he going to bat in that team, though? He's going to be... Oh, um, he, yeah. Now, that was the thing I was... That's the only thing holding me back. He's probably more of a top-order player. Uh, whether or not they... I, I probably put him at three and have Sanger anchor the innings at four if they lose early wickets. Um, you have H- Hales, Jilks, uh, Rousseau and Sanger as your top four. That's a very, very good top four. Mm, all right. Um, Zampa, he is pretty cheap as far as Zamps goes. He annoyed me last year because... I think yeah. I brought him in on a double round, double game round. He got under 20 in the two games. Um, but I saw him bowling for Australia the other night and he, he looked really on. He looked good. Yeah, no. He, he's, he's another one of those players that, like, he's just because he's a good player, it might not always translate to super coach. But if he's in fantastic form, you just pick him anyway because usually elite form translates. Class doesn't always translate to super coach, but form always does. Yep. And I think, yeah. Um, Joe Clark. I've yeah. I, I love Joe Clark. Um, but look, here's the things about Joe Clark. You can't go too heavy on stars, and I don't know if he's in your top four, three that you're gonna get. Um, mm. and there's some value to be had there with J- Inglis and with uh Jilks you know, who is also on a double game round, you could pick him in bat only, really. Maybe, you know, you spend an extra 40K. I really probably prefer him to Lynn. Yeah, like uh, Joe Clark's a really good player. He had a, such a great back half of the year. I was, I thought for sure he would be like the Andre Fletcher of last year. Mm-hmm. And he was to a degree because he bounced back. But he just had so many great knocks that, like, I know I picked him up when he was around 80,000 and I was like, this guy is going to go nuts sooner or later. And sure enough, he did. Um, I, no, I like him. I think if, you, if you're willing to fork out 150,000 for a keeper and you don't trust uh, Matthew Jilks, which is perfectly fine, right? If you don't trust Matthew Jilks, then I think you, you pay up for uh, Joe Clark. Yeah. I mean, a couple of the iterations of my team, I had... Um... I had him in there, but um, I've gone and spread the money a bit differently. Um, I've got Rasal in there as well um, because, you know, he, you can, you've got to ignore his last outings in the BBL, his recent form. And you said form, the form, the form line is saying that he's in good form. Uh, any others in there that I've missed that you might have? Um, yeah, I've got one and it's a bit yesteryear. Um, Nathan Coulton-Isle mm. is a great one. 100,000. Um, he had a very disrupted campaign last year. I think he was injured. He had he wanted to spend time with his family in Western Australia. You know, there was a, all sorts of things going on. But if we go back to 2020, his last, not even his last full season, like the season before where he didn't have as many interruptions other than just a season-ending injury, um, he averaged 67 and a half. Yeah. 
And he seems like a guy who has a really, he seems like, you know, a perfect super coach bowler. He's going to be the lead bowler for the Stars alongside Trent Bolton. Yeah. Um, he's going to probably bowl either the final or the second last over of each innings. And that's where you pick up your junk time wickets. And that's, uh, that's his specialty. Like there yeah, was a game. One of those ones that could just, he, he gets hundreds, like he gets big scores. Yeah. It's either nothing really. It's, it's shit yeah. or a hundred. That's one of the, yeah. one of the two options. Um, look, we've just gone, game. we've just gone an hour. I think we've finished the round one double. That's 13 play 14. If you count um, Nathan Coulton Isle, you can absolutely stack your team with double game round players for round one. I would recommend doing it. And look in that round, is it good business to stash yourself a scorcher? I mean, you're going to have, everyone's going to start with Inglis at his, yeah. at his bargain price. There's no point having one of the expensive ones like Richardson or Marsh, you know, on your, on your bench is there. Just use the money in round one and flip one of your expensive ones for round two. Agreed. Just stack, chuck Inglis on the bench. Nice and easy. Then move on. Beautiful. All right. Well, look, that's an hour and three. We'll resume with the double game rounds for round two onwards. We're gonna we're gonna go into our first five pick three double game round players that you you're absolutely keen on and some um, people that you're fading. We'll also release um, our teams as they stand now. I feel like it's another forty five minutes, and I'd like to do it as a two parter. So I'm gonna end this one. It's been so we're a great team. Look at this, you know the chatting is sensational. Um, but we'll we'll do it. Our second part of this uh, opening potty for the year will be from round two onwards. So Nathan, thanks for joining us. We'll talk again in a couple of minutes, which other people will listen to later. <laughs> See you later. It's Even the 